Welcome to Space to Face, a podcast where we encourage you to build the online and offline presence of your brand. Whether your strength is online or in person, we believe there's business magic to be made in the blending of both. This is a podcast for passionate creatives and entrepreneurs who want to bridge the gap between their online space and meeting face to face. I'm Paige Poppy. And I'm Asia Crescent. Thank you for joining us. Let's jump right in. Welcome to the show, everybody. Hi, Paige. Hello. How are you doing? I'm doing great. It's funny that we ask each other that because we've been talking for like an hour yeah. before we start recording. <laughs> so I know that you're doing great. Um, this is our very first bonus episode where you guys get to learn a little bit more about Paige today because I am going to be interviewing her and asking her all kinds of interesting questions. So if you guys wanted to know more about Paige Poppy and her business, then stay tuned. And then we will also have a second bonus episode where we will do a little vice versa is that the mm-hmm. right phrase? Yeah. And I will interview you. So that'll be perfect. I'm so excited for our audience to get to know us a little bit better because I'm sure there are tons of people who have come from my side who are learning about you for the first time and then vice versa. So I'm so excited to make our communities into one beautiful space-to-face community. Yes. And if you're listening to this and you have never heard of either of us, this is your time. This is your time. You have so many new fun things to learn. We're so excited for you. That's like John just started watching Scandal for the very first time. And I'm like, I am so jealous of you because I already know all things are going on. And you could start from the beginning. I have seen two episodes of it, the most recent ones, and I really like it. So I'm going to go back to the beginning. You have to go start all over again and just like... Just stick with it. The first ones are tough, but you can s- stick with it. But that's like how people are who don't know either of us. They're, we're so jealous of them because they have so many fun new things to learn. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's jump right into some questions. But first, actually, before we jump into anything, can you give me just a little bit of a summary of who you are, what you do, and how your life made your way to this beautiful podcast? Yes. So my name is Paige Poppy, like the flower. Many, many people don't know how to say it. So there you go. Oh, Paige Poppy. Pop. Oh, man. The list goes on. I I'm, called you Pape because I would love to call you Pape. No, but I'm shocked because I've never heard that one, but I've heard all of the other ones. I'm convinced that I am the most frequently nicknamed person on this planet. <laughs> Fun fact about Paige. Yes. Uh, Paige Poppy Seed is the most uh, popular. Oh, and and Paige Popular was also one. My best friend's <gasps> brother called me that for a long time. Well, that's a compliment. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so back to back on point. So a little bit about me. I'm an artist. I work under my own name. So um, that was a process. I used to not work under my own name, but I now do. Best decision I ever made. Being a personal brand is so great. It's so nice to have that freedom within your business. And I work in watercolor and acrylic. Those are my two favorite mediums. And the way that I started really picking up traction online, I would say, with my artwork is that I used to be primarily just a skateboard artist. So I was doing a lot of commissions and my own designs on skateboards. And I still do that. But I quickly realized I didn't want to limit myself to one canvas. So Mm. I branched out from there and... I would say two of my biggest inspirations and subjects are the desert as well as architecture. 
it's really interesting. I'm just gonna I'm gonna pause you there, Paige. Don't mean to interrupt your summary because it's beautiful. But it's really interesting when you ask somebody like who just like general who you are, what they choose to say, because it really like shows what they value. If somebody's like, Oh, um, well I really like to watch TV and I have three dogs, you know, that shows that like that's their important thing. Of course this is in like different contexts, but it's interesting that's like the first thing you say, you're like, I'm an artist and then I work with these acrylics and I work with that and it's like it goes to show those are the really important things to you. Yeah, and I guess it comes from, like, what you spend the most time doing, too. So true. And so true. I was telling you earlier this morning that, like, I'm so content sitting at my desk and painting mm-hmm. for the whole day. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I was, I was saying that my two biggest, like, su- inspirations and subjects are the desert and architecture. And those things are kind of ingrained into me because, first of all, I am native to Arizona. So I have lived here my whole life. Uh, except for when I was going to school, but I'm really inspired by the desert and um, I'm living here now for the first time in five years because I was going to college in California in San Luis Obispo. (laughs) Yeah, which is how Asia and I know each other. I mean, we met online, but then we found out we lived in the same town. So cool. By some act of fate. (laughs) and um yeah so i studied architecture at cal poly and i just graduated this june 2015 with my bachelor of architecture so it was a five-year degree i was not a super senior it was just a longer (laughs) degree just to clarify (laughs) just to clarify and it was an accredited degree greatest experience greatest challenge um i'm a pro at pulling all-nighters and Mm -hmm. working my butt off. Um, mm-hmm. I'm realizing now as I enter my own career and build my own business, a lot of those values that have helped me and also maybe harmed me because I can sit <laughs> and work for like 20 hours straight and like never sleep. So I'm trying to implement more morning routines into my life. <laughs> oh, look at you. I remember there was a time where you were like, I don't even get up early. And we used to have biz time and you would be like, you're the only person I'm waking up this early for. (laughs) Legitimately, I think that you made me a morning person that year. And I've kind of regressed a little bit, but I used to wake (laughs) up. I would go to train with Mallory. You and Uh I would meet. I would shower. Like by 10 a.m. I had taken on the world. (laughs) You did so many things. Clearly, I need to come visit more so we can get you back. Um, So you guys, Paige can seriously pull in all nighter. I remember when we were in slow and you'd be snapping till like four in the morning and I'd be like, oh, okay, I guess we're not meeting in the morning <laughs> because it's like, it's like four hours ago and I'm like waiting. No, just kidding. I was never waiting for you at Starbucks, but I can imagine. So many occasions where I, you know, two, three, four a.m. would roll around and I'd send out the text like, don't expect me there tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. That's so crazy. And that takes some discipline. It's not just like the physical ability to stay awake. Like it's a mental thing. Like at 10 o'clock, even if I'm like fully awake, I'm like, mm-mm. Mm-mm. I'm going to bed. You have discipline, my friend. Thank you. I, I guess it also comes from like being really excited about what you're doing. So of course, art is a passion of mine, but architecture was as well. And um, I definitely don't think I could stay up and study for that many hours on end. Yeah, but I was always making things and designing and drawing. So yeah. it was definitely doable. Okay, so you mentioned before that you are super inspired by the desert and by architecture. Archite- I said that weird what word weird. Architecture? How many ch- does <laughs> architecture? <laughs> architecture. That was incorrect. Um, you know what I mean. So that leads us down 
a perfect path of, I want to know more about your architecture, because I feel like that really inspires you, not just in your discipline, but also it comes out a lot in your work, even when you're not just painting buildings. So I'd love to know more about your architectural <laughs> past. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I would say that even if I'm not painting an architectural subject, it definitely still plays into my discipline, like we were talking about, and my composition of paintings and positive Mm -hmm. and negative space, all that jam. And, like, legitimately, it changes the way you see everything around you. So it's pretty awesome in that respect. I'm so glad I did it. It was such a great such a great thing to study. And as far as career-wise goes, I do really have dreams of incorporating architecture and art together in the future for myself. And I'm not really sure what that looks like yet, but um, part of what I talk about with my art is kind of exploring that and seeing how Mm -hmm. it can happen. And right now I do also do freelance architectural design on the side for some local clients. So that is pretty fun and kind of gives me a chance to still pursue that side of my brain. Right. And I feel like you could definitely inject your art into that as well. And really more as you like become your own architectural person, then you could definitely do that, right? It doesn't have to just be your art is influenced by your architecture, but your architecture can be influenced by your art. Absolutely. And that could happen in a lot of different ways, like 2D mm-hmm. and 3D and at different scales. But um, I've actually applied a lot of my watercolor work to my architectural design, especially with my thesis last year. So I used the medium and really kind of got back into analog designing because so much of architecture has become digital these days. And I'm such a fan of analog and my brain kind of works well that way. So that was one way that I met them together. Um, And so we'll see what it's like down the line. Uh, It is quite the process to become a licensed architect and Mm -hmm. actually be like have the word architect on your business card. So that's kind of a goal for me in the future but I'm also willing to see kind of like where the path leads me with that because you can have a plenty successful architecture career without being an actual architect so we'll see what the future holds with that right now I'm enjoying all of the art and all of the podcasting and all that and all of the different connections and stuff so we'll see you have plenty going on. And on Periscope today, you was it today or was it yesterday that you Periscoped and were like, what? It was yesterday. What would you guys like? So so for those of you who don't know, in 2016, um, she's going to be releasing watercolor classes, which I'm so excited about. And I hopped on immediately when I saw that her Periscope was like, what do you guys want to learn? And I have no drawing skill whatsoever. Um, but buildings to scale, I've seen Paige do sketches of like little coffee shops. And it's just like, how did you make that happen? And so that's probably a talent that's not really easily teachable. But I feel like that's something you can definitely incorporate you are all the time it's so cool that you can do that thank you that's really funny that you bring that up because I saw that comment on Periscope and I was surprised to hear that from you because I would have never thought that you'd be like interested in learning that but so cool and uh, I'm really glad that you think so because for a long time I didn't think that freehand perspective was my strong suit I've really had to um, kind of train myself and get better at it and now it kind of comes naturally but definitely architectural watercolor painting and elements will be incorporated into those courses so i'm stoked about those that was such a long weekend of filming today was kind of like my sunday so i like reorganized my whole studio and uh i binge watch keeping up with the kardashians i saw that it was on hulu and i was so disappointed because the most recent season wasn't on hulu i was like what is this it was like season one episode one and bruce jenner was still bruce jenner and i was like that's how you know this is an old season 
What is IMK going? is even better than keeping up with the Kardashians. Oh, oh my god. Oh my god, I need to catch up on my reality television. <laughs> I feel like people might judge me for these television choices, but it's like so addicting. I don't know. Let the person who does not sin cast the first stone or whatever is what I'm trying to say. Okay. <laughs> it also encourages me to make my hair look good every day. <laughs> you can't deny that they have great jeans. They have great jeans, man. They, something is going right there. Okay. So when you were a freshman, did you have to, um, I can't think of the word, determine your major? What is the word? I'm yes. For. Yes. Declare. Declare. I was going to say dictate. So you had to say, I'm going to be an architect and I'm in here for five years. And then you have to go through some side of trimming down process, right? Not at Cal Poly. Okay. Okay. But, um, so, so that was actually the reason I came to Cal Poly. Cal Poly was, um, the entire time I went there, we were in the top 10 best architecture schools. So and sometimes even number one. Yes, we were number one at least for a year, if not two. So shout out to them and all of the incredible professors there because they really deserved it. Um, but yeah, that was the whole reason I actually chose to go to Poly. And I did want to choose a school that was accredited because with the Bachelor of Architecture, you are good to go right after that, after you graduate, versus a Bachelor of Science in Architecture. I would have had to get my master's, which would have been a total of six years. So that was my that was my reasoning. And of course, I fell in love with Slow, and it was such a safe town, and it was so small and like green, which was very different from what I was used to growing up. Not green anymore. That's how you know. Time has passed. Yeah. Now we've got the drought. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So when did you know in school that you wanted to really make art a big part of like your career? Great question. Um, So I started an Etsy shop actually when I was a sophomore. And I feel like a lot of people kind of get their start on Etsy, which is awesome because you learn how to run a business and communicate with clients and take orders. And so back then I was just kind of doing the skateboard art casually. And it was because uh, my friends had liked my work and encouraged me to put up a shop. So I was doing commissions, but I did not get really serious with it until the summer after my fourth year of school. And that fourth year, I had actually studied abroad in Copenhagen for nine months, which was incredible. I can <laughs> I can have a talk about that experience for a whole other episode for a whole we hour. We could do that. <laughs> but um, basically, I think I've told this story before mm-hmm. in other places, but um, it's quite interesting. So I had a summer job lined up back in Phoenix for when I was going to be moving back and it fell through. And so I kind of was like, hmm, what is going to be my summer job slash internship and kind of um, having a business of my own and doing more of my own skateboard designs was always something that uh, was in the back of my head and that I dreamed about. And my boyfriend Jake and I used to talk about it all the time, like just like, oh, wouldn't that be cool? So I was like, maybe this is the time to do it. And my parents were super encouraging and supportive. They are, like, very encouraging of my creativity, which is really cool. And I'm very grateful for. Absolutely. So what I did was launch a Kickstarter campaign because I was like, well, it would be nice to have some money to work with in the beginning to really launch this out successfully and kind of, like, ramp it up. So I launched my campaign while I was still in Copenhagen in May. That's so cool. I don't think I knew that you were still in Copenhagen. Okay. Yes, I was still in Copenhagen. So, like, the video on my Kickstarter page, I am, like, in my tiny apartment in Copenhagen. That's so funny. Is that video still available? Yes. <laughs> Can I include that in the show notes? Because I would love – I've never watched it. 
you you should watch yeah you can totally include it it's kind of funny like uh i mean i'm like not embarrassed by it but i look at it and i'm like well that was the beginning of everything well there it is (laughs) lots has changed (laughs) yeah yeah i'm wearing like a i don't know it was still cold then so i'm still wearing like winter clothes in that video which is really funny oh yeah interesting that was a hard place for this desert native <laughs> to live. <laughs> desert native. That's so funny. So by the time I returned back to Phoenix in June, I was fully funded, which I was very grateful for. And then I really had that solid four months to build my business in Phoenix because because of the study abroad schedule, my summer ended up being four months instead of three. So that was really the first time that I like put 100% into my artwork and Mm -hmm. I knew I was passionate about it. And it was also the first time that I really started connecting with the creative community here in Phoenix Mm -hmm. and meeting other local creatives. And I have to say it was so eye opening for me because I've been pretty creative my whole life. Mm -hmm. And I used to resent Arizona and Phoenix a little bit because... It didn't really compare to San Francisco or L.A. for me because I just thought it was kind of boring and, like, there wasn't a lot of, like, history or architecture or culture or, like, people. But, like, let me tell you, once you, like, throw yourself into it and you get involved, it just, like, opens up your eyes and you can't believe. But Um, I feel like it's also maybe a little bit newer, too. I think that, like, I'm sure it's grown since you've been in school. So maybe it really was more, it was, or it was less creative when you first went to school. And then it was just a really great time for you to come back because really flourishing. I mean, people know, you know, a lot of people know that like Phoenix was a place to be for that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's really just kind of started to blossom. Um, mm-hmm. But yes, you're right. When I was in high school, we had First Fridays, the mm-hmm. um, once a month art walk. And right. I used to go to that and I... That was kind of the first, one of the first creative things we had. There was a couple other markets, but like also I wasn't involved, so I didn't know any of those people personally or know what they were working on. So I'm sure they were the founders of all that and really started to get it going. But these Mm -hmm. days, there's so many fun events, um, like, you know, every weekend, cool galleries. When you were in Phoenix, you visited Moon Age Tempe with me, so... It's just like crazy right now. And that was a big motivator for me to move back here because I really felt connected to the people here and inspired by them. And then in addition, my boyfriend and family and my best friend all live here. So it was really like, not like it was in my best interest, but it was just so exciting. I was like, I have to be there, you know? Yeah. And that's really been like a huge motivator for like your local presence that you have so many connections already and that you've seen it grow and you can appreciate it more. And I feel like that. It definitely like adds some fuel to the fire when you're trying to do what we're talking about, which is like get more involved in the community. And I feel like that becomes so natural for you when you're so excited about what your community is doing and how it's growing. Totally, um, totally. And then like also, it was interesting because I spent that whole summer, four months. I was saying connecting with all these awesome people and like meeting new people and just like having so many new experiences. And then I had to go back to school in September for my last year of college at Cal Poly. But it was nice that I still had these relationships that I kind of could maintain and like visit friends and like catch up with them while I was home on holiday breaks from school. And so I just moved back to Arizona in the beginning of July. So I've only had a few months, but like already it's been so nice just to know I'm going to be here for a while. 
Mm-hmm. And you kind of planted seeds last summer and then, you know, just being there before. But then you also, like, it's important to mention that during the year you were very active online, like in the space with your, like, local community. And I think without that it would have been a little bit more difficult to, like, to make connections between, you know, when you came here in September and then when we went back in December, you still kept in contact with them with several different ways. I think that's really important to, like, that you did that and you still kept contact with them. Yeah, so that was definitely valuable and also natural, just, like, keeping Mm -hmm. up with friends. But I always say that, like, Instagram was a huge, like, friendship builder for me because I really have met so many people through it. And that's how I was able to stay in touch, even when I was in San Luis Obispo, California. So, yeah, definitely um, kind of balanced both of those worlds. But I also put some effort into my Phoenix community because I was so passionate about it and knew I would be back here in the future. Totally. So now that you mentioned Instagram, I really want to touch on like the different social media platforms, et cetera, that you have tried and you have like integrated into your business because you also are a very active YouTuber. And I think that's something that like you're not just an artist. You're not just like sitting in your room painting and then selling it. You're doing so many things. So I really want to talk about what those things are. So let's start with YouTube. So that's a really interesting point. I was actually having this thought today for the first time. So I'm glad you brought this up. So I was thinking today that you know, a lot of people post their artwork to YouTube in the form of time-lapse videos, and you could see something that you really think is interesting and cool, and you could go click over to that person's channel, and it would just be, like, tons and tons of time-lapse videos of them painting, but you really don't get that personal connection to them, and my YouTube story is kind of reversed in that I used to just film myself talking and do more lifestyle content before I started posting the art videos. Mm -hmm. So that just felt natural to me. It wasn't really strategic, but it really was key to building a personal brand for myself. And I do enjoy posting that balance of like a painting video and then me, or like I'll even do a vlog where like I'm talking while I'm painting. So I think that having that aspect is really important. Like I want to know the artists behind the work too, not just like what they create. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's huge because coming from somebody who wouldn't just purchase art just for any reason that's huge for me to like know who the person is what the story is how they do it like and and that's a huge thing in social media etc right now is like the transparency thing and you've been on my game for a long time before even knowing really what you were doing which is really cool and you have so much content on your youtube channel like your biggest video is like the, the denim jacket video with how to like <laughs> i don't understand how that video is so popular but it's like me teaching people it's like back when I used to do DIY videos and I'm teaching people how to sew patches on their denim jacket and like I don't know why that thing like blew up and like literally has like 20,000 views okay I'm not just being like annoying but it has like 28,000 now so funny I just don't understand like I don't understand I don't I mean it's a great video page. I'm well, so happy thank you made so it. much. It's, it's actually funny. funny. I get a lot of qu- comments. People are like, where can I get that patch? And I'm like, I bought it I, at a record store in LA. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> so random, but so cool. Okay, so YouTube has been a thing. And v- video what- content in general. I'm a huge, yeah. I'm a huge uh, promoter. No, what's uh-huh. the word? Supporter? No, how do I like, encourage other people to do it? I'm a huge yeah. believer. You're a fan. You're a believer. Mm-hmm. I'm a huge believer in video content. Like, I really think everyone should do it. And <laughs> yes. it's just, it feels like you're sitting there watching a friend. So I yeah. feel like it's, like, it's so natural. And, like, I want to know what someone looks like. And I-, I can't tell you how many different online interactions I've had with someone. And then, like, they'll release their first video. And I'm like, this is crazy. I didn't even know what your voice sounded like. You know? Oh, yeah. yeah so totally. 
huge. It's so nice people to put, and I think a lot of people that I have like fallen in love with online has been because of video content. And I'm also like not a YouTube watcher. Like I don't just like peruse YouTube for fun. And so it's cool when people I can find me in different ways, and then they're like, oh, I also have this YouTube thing, and they're like, oh, and now I'm in love with you. That's how that goes down. It's so funny, and that's why. Speaking of another app, I'm such a fan of Periscope because. Yes. I it, it just takes something to get popular, I guess. But, you know, before Periscope, people were not creating video content. And now it's just like blew exactly. up. People yep. are on there every day, which I'm so happy about. I'm so happy mm-hmm. to see someone sitting down and creating content every mm-hmm. day, which actually is a little bit overwhelming because most like YouTubers or people who are creating videos for their business are only doing one a week. So it's kind of right. nuts that we have this app now where people are putting something out every day. Yep day yeah which is why i like to balance mine and do like you know some useful actionable content maybe like once or twice a week but other times it can just be like let's hang out while i paint my studio and like let me show you what i'm working on and like different things kind of behind the scenes but i think it's quite interesting that that app has done that and really pulled people out of that shell and been like here you go right it's amazing and i think we talked about this at some point but like if that's everything that these people are putting out for free like imagine the things that they're they're encouraging you to purchase from them. It's just insane they can put out that much content, and it's so awesome for consumers to really get like a piece of what people can be doing. And if people are seeing like behind the scenes of your art, it's insane. Like it's so cool that they can see like how that was made. I bet people purchase a lot of stuff that you that you paint on Periscope, huh? Yes, actually, when I launched my zine, which is like my self-published magazine, and it was a collection of watercolors, like that whole launch, like the success of it was based off of Periscope because I brought people along through the whole process over like the course of, I think it was over a month. And I I would show them like, hey, I'm making all these paintings live in front of you and these will eventually be in this book. And like, it was really cool because I don't think I've ever had people connect as much to a product of mine I mean maybe they really connect with a painting and they haven't told me but something about the zine they were just like so excited when they received it and like I always think it's so interesting when someone purchases from you and then they thank you for it like that always (laughs) just blows my mind because I'm like no thank you for like the support you know Mm -hmm. but like people were so stoked about it and I'm like that's definitely because they were with me for that journey and the process and they saw all of the work that went into it Yes. And it's just like, remember when MTV would do like the making the video? Yes. It's just like that. Like people are so fascinated with behind the scenes stuff. So it makes total sense. Okay. So you say you found like a lot of support in Periscope people and with Instagram as well. You made a ton of friends with that, YouTube, Facebook. Where do you think you've really found like your community online, your biggest support system online? I would say as far as people who are interested in my art, it would definitely be Instagram. Mm -hmm. I don't know why. That's just like my bread and butter. I... I think for me, I got so much inspiration from the photos already that I felt like I wanted to like put my own work back out there and kind of like give back in that way. Not that I'm like being charitable, but you know, like I wanted to contribute to that voice. And then as far as finding community amongst other people who were creative business owners, definitely the amazing free Facebook groups I'm in have been like huge, huge community builders and Mm -hmm. um, pretty awesome experiences in there and also like not like oh like networking opportunities but like if I have any kind of question I throw it in there and I get an answer and that's really nice to have some help with like things that someone in your everyday life might not know the answer to 
Yeah. We have a YouTube video up called The Importance of Creative Friendships, and that's something that's just like a miniature version of that. It's just like a bunch of mini friends on Facebook, which is so huge. And yeah, I feel like Instagram definitely is your jam. I mean, the visual component, you you put so much like effort into that, that you can really tell that's very cohesive and it's like totally on brand and on point. And people really can get like a, a, hmm, I want to say like a perspective of you, but like a- yeah, like an overview of you, like at a glance, like you with your work combined, like pretty quickly. And so it's just Instagram definitely, that's always what I'm like, oh, let me show you Paige Poppy. And I always show them your Instagram first. So I think that that's definitely where I was. Okay, so besides online community, unless you have something else to mm-hmm. throw in there, who do you think in face, if you will, would be your number one supporter? Who is your number one supporter? Oh, face to face, like locally? Or in your family, your friends? Hmm. So I actually think it's my dad, which is kind of cliche. I mean, both my parents are very supportive, like I was saying before, but my dad and I have a lot of good rapport because he is kind of a natural entrepreneur himself. Um, He works in the insurance industry, so he has definitely had a ton of experience when he was younger you know, getting referrals, talking to people, being kind of fearless and not being afraid to get rejected. And and at one point he had his own insurance company for a while and he's worked for a lot of different people. And now it's actually pretty cool. We've been having even more conversations lately because he is starting his own new local business mm-hmm. with two of his friends who are his business partners. So I've been kind of helping them with the website and logo design, which is exciting. And it's cool for us to like trade tips, you know, because my dad is definitely like business oriented, like money oriented. And I'm kind of like, well, I need to be like passionate about this and organic. And like, I need to infuse myself into it. Yeah. So, um, we definitely have like different opinions on that, but it's really cool. And like, he just gives me a lot of wisdom and advice. And like, I mean, did we mention this in the last episode? But like, you spent extra time in Phoenix basically because you wanted to have more cool conversations yes, with him. Yes, I did. I was like, let me add a couple extra days. And I was like, don't worry, I'll be back in November so I can hang out with your dad. Yeah, he's very inspiring. Yeah, and very just like honest and like no BS. Kind yes. of. And uh, I, st- I keep saying this and I shouldn't even keep saying it unless I really make it happen. But I keep wanting to like get him on a Periscope, like do a hashtag dad scope. Dad scope. We should have him on the podcast. It be a dad cast. That would be <laughs> so cool. But yeah, so that's what I would say face to face. I also see him all the time. So he um, kind of asked me what I'm up to. But definitely right. that support is awesome. I have to give a shout out to my boyfriend too. Because if I leave him out, I will get a text and he'll be like, you didn't mention Jake. And he did. Didn't you make your very first skateboard for him? I made my very first hand-painted longboard for him. Yes. Yes. He so, started. He did. And that was, like, before we were officially dating. So, mm-hmm. you know, maybe I was just trying to, like, win him over and then it blossomed it into a business. <laughs> Here it is. You got a business. You got the boy. This is a romantic comedy waiting to happen. It I'm really is. It. He's a huge supporter, too. So um, he's very supportive and, like, thinks what I'm doing is cool and like he is kind of like my sounding board for stuff so thanks Jake (laughs) um I was going to ask you something else what right now are you most excited about in your business in in its present and then what are you looking forward to the most in the future 
So I've been very grateful and excited because I'm having my first solo art show at the end of this month of October. And like, what an honor. That's really exciting. And not just the fact that like it's exciting, but it's really kind of a turning point for me. Because as I was saying before, a big core of my business when I first started was doing commissioned and custom work and kind of painting not exactly other people's visions. Of course, I was turning their ideas into my own work, but I was working, you know, within their kind of guidelines. And I've really been making an effort to, on top of my commission work, also really create and paint things that are my vision and kind of my voice. So Mm -hmm. this solo show is really going to be a full wall of just what I want to put out there and not any kind of commission work. So that's like pretty exciting in in that sense. Yeah. Like that's just like, I feel like it's a turning point for me where I feel a little more legit. You are legit. Okay. Give me the specs. What date, where exactly, how can people who are not in Phoenix area watch Oh, good question. So it's at Moon Age Gallery in Tempe, which I mentioned earlier. Please check them out. Like, so r- cool. it's run by Kelly and Tyler, two of the coolest people. And um, they are actually designers and artists themselves. So mm-hmm. they design jewelry. So it's on October 30th from 6 to 9 p.m. And actually, this is kind of interesting. We were talking about this earlier. The title of the show that I chose was ingrained because there are desert and architectural motifs in all of the work. Oh, how neat. Yeah. And I feel like those are the two things that have been ingrained in me just because of my background living here and then my background studying architecture. So those are kind of the things that like naturally I want to create and have as subjects. So that's how I chose the name and I'm stoked. Because you have, you have a lot of architectural pieces going in there. So that's really cool that it's included. Because usually your stuff is more desert-related. Yeah. So it's, nice. it's funny. Like, I haven't, like, shown a lot of the architectural stuff. Because I think it was a result of, like, while I was in school, I kind of wanted to paint other subjects. And kind of, like, right. have a different, different side of my brain going. So mm-hmm. it's cool to, like, hop back into that. And then... To answer your question about online, I will probably have to Periscope that night. I think you're going to Periscope the whole thing. You better, because I can't be there. Can you just live stream the whole thing? Just, like, set it up on the shelf in the corner. Yes, that would be so neat, because I'm so sad I can't be there. It's going to be so fun. And I love your Periscopes of, like, the galleries and stuff. It's always so cool to, like, feel like you're there, you know? I'm glad you think so. Those are always my funny ones, because I'm, like, silent. And, like, I'm in the public realm, like, not wanting people to overhear me talking. But, you know, people are like, people are like, is my audio broken? Why can't I hear you? And I'm like, no, I just don't want to say anything. Because I'm in public and it's weird. But sometimes you're like, oh, hey, this is the table that I set up and blah, blah, blah. And I like when you do that, too. You know, when you, like, do do some of the talking, I think that's neat. It's really cool to be behind the scenes. Cool. Okay, so we talked about this a lot in the very, very, very first episode about being a spacer or being a facer. But let's just retouch it again since we're talking about you personally. Do you think you're more of a spacer, more of a facer? And what are your challenges in trying to be a crossover? So am I more of a spacer or a facer? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We talked about this first, like what your business would lend you to be, but what do you think you are naturally? Yeah, so we talked about this in the first episode that I think it kind of comes in waves, but definitely my business naturally lends itself to being online mm-hmm. because I can get clients and sell my artwork to anyone. 
Right. So it's good for me to have that presence so that, that, that anyone can find me. Right. And the local stuff comes up if you choose to do so. So I do a lot of local markets and like participate in art galleries and just kind of like, I really like just going to those meetups and stuff and just meeting mm-hmm. people and like getting to know them. And I'm like always down to make new friends. So if those markets or events didn't happen, I don't know how locally involved I would be. Um, mm-hmm. I've told you this a bunch of times now. Like I said earlier, I could like sit here and work all day and like do <laughs> fine, you know. But this is why I make an effort to go hang out in coffee shops and work and not just always work in my confined space and right. interacting with others and collaborating because um, definitely entrepreneurship could get lonely if I just stayed a, spa- a spacer. I think 100% it would get lonely staying that way. So it's important for me to get out there too. Absolutely. That not just sense. not just from a business perspective, but just from like a sanity perspective. Yeah, from just like being a person. Yeah. You know, I think that makes a lot of sense. I feel like that little um, paragraph itself really launches us into a bunch of what we're going to be talking about. Oh, it's just like, totally. It can't be lonely and that, you know, it, it also isn't like inspiring. Like you don't like how much inspiration can you get from your room right there? You know, so that makes a lot of sense. What do you think you're, besides like your overwhelming discipline, what do you think your struggles are in making that balance or having a balance between being a spacer and being a facer? Um, I think a struggle for me is that a little bit with painting and like as far as inspiration goes, mm-hmm. especially if I'm sitting down to create something new and explore some ideas I have, I really want to have a big chunk of time set aside for that. And, you know, you know, three, four hours on end. And I the way that, you know, a creative brain works, I can't really control when that inspiration happens. Right. So I have noticed within myself, I get a little bit anxious about setting too many appointments with people. Um, you know, like Skype calls are okay because I can kind of like do a call with a client and then end the call and get back to what I'm doing. But right. I always get a little bit afraid like I don't want to book too many things in one day because if I'm like out having coffee and then you know I end up having like so many dates that like I don't have that time left over to like pursue those ideas I have and really sit down and like you know get messy and pull all the supplies out and paint everything that I want to Mm -hmm. so I've noticed with myself like I have kind of a limit when I start to see my calendar fill up I kind of have a point where I'm like, if someone else asks me to do something, not a client, but maybe like a local creative, I'm like, let's do that next week because I know that for my own work and my own like creative exploration, I am going to want to have that time set aside. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. I'm listening to Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert right now, which is incredible and it's so amazing on audiobook. And she talks a lot about how like ideas are like living things and they come to you and if you neglect them, then they'll just go away. So I can see how that would be fearful. You'd be like, wait, I don't want like to just be a coffee while the idea comes knocking at my door. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And I get kind of antsy because I like to like always be creating and not sit still very much too. And um, I think that's a really good point that you talked about that because she personifies inspiration and creativity in a way that you kind of uh what is what is what she says she has you grab it by the hand and like follow where it leads you and it's kind of like a child like bringing you along um I actually haven't listened to the book yet but I've been enjoying her uh magic lessons podcast where she kind of applies her her book topic Mm -hmm. into these case studies with people who want to get back into their creativity so side note but that's kind of how I feel it's like I want to be able to like take it by the hand and follow it if it if that 
time approaches. And if I'm like in back to back meetings all day, it's I'm not going to have the room to do that. It's important. Yeah, that the balance has to be like work needs to be in there and work isn't necessarily local work is at home and doing that. So that makes that makes a lot of sense. Cool. Is there anything else that you would like our audience to know that they should know now immediately before they listen to the rest of our episodes? Um, I'd like everyone to know that I'm a burrito aficionado. <laughs> you are. It you is my are. favorite food. Um, but I will get judged really hard by a lot of people because I only like bean and cheese burritos. Oh, baby. And people hate on me for that. Except for at Chipotle. I'll get the rice and the meat at Chipotle. But, like, I don't know how people don't understand that a bean and cheese burrito is the greatest thing on this earth that's ever like, been created. But, like, the microwave ones. Do you even like those ones, too? Oh, my God. The Trader Joe's black bean and cheese burrito <laughs> is also okay. That burrito is the second best burrito I eat. Okay, the, the first, first one is from you know the local hole in the wall place down the street. Yes, but cool. uh, the Trader Joe's one is a close second and a great at home <laughs> option for your burrito needs. <laughs> thank you very much, Paige Poppy, burrito representative of America. <laughs> okay, well, thank you so much for being the subject of my questioning. You, thank you for having me. I feel like I was a guest on your show. <laughs> okay, good. And next up, I will be a guest on your show, which is also called Space to Face. What a coincidence. Dude, you this took the name of my podcast. You know, we're going to beef this out. We're going to take it to the streets right now. Meet me outside. <laughs> 3 p.m. <laughs> where oh where do you have fights? 3 p.m. behind the school. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's I'm crying. So this is funny. Cool. So gangster. Okay, this has been bonus episode numero uno of Space to Face, where I, Asia Croson, interviewed the amazing Paige Poppy. Thank you guys so much for listening. You guys should totally check out the show notes where you can see all of Paige Poppy's amazing creations. Thank you so much for having me. What an honor. You are so welcome. You are the first guest we have had on the show. Oh, my God. This is a big deal. <laughs> but really, on a more serious note, thanks so much, guys, for listening and, you know, caring enough to take the time to get to know me. That's absolutely so kind. Yes, absolutely. You and uh, I'm looking forward to sharing these experiences with you and kind of the knowledge that's come out of these experiences so mm-hmm. that you can grow as well. Absolutely. You're an inspiration to us all. I try. That sounded sarcastic, but I meant it. <laughs> Well, thanks. You're welcome. Okay, everybody, we are signing off. And one thing before we go, as you know, this is our big launch. We're dropping a bunch of episodes for our first few episodes of Space to Face, and we would love it, and it would totally help us out if you would rate and review us on iTunes. Give us uh, those stars and leave a comment. We'd love to hear from you and also tell us about yourself because we want to know who the heck is listening to our podcast. To build community. And we promise to give a shout out to each and every person who rates and reviews us. That is a dedication. That is a vow that we have made today. That is a big undertaking. You know, maybe we could set aside the whole episode. (gasps) Yes. John. (laughs) Doe. Yes, everybody, that would mean so much to us. So if you love us, and you want to listen more, that would be so awesome to rate and review us. You can feel free to leave a question, too, there. If you have some kind of burning Uh thing you want to know the answer to, and maybe it will evolve into a future episode topic. That would be amazing. You guys are our inspiration. I love that. So until our next episode, I am sending you guys all of the positive and creative vibes your way. 
and I hope you have a fabulous freaking day. Thank you for listening to Space to Face, brought to you by Asia Croson and Paige Poppy. To find out more about us and get episodes delivered straight to your inbox each week, please check out our website at space2face.com. Until our next episode, we hope you'll apply what you've learned today to nurture both the online and face-to-face aspects of your business. And until then, we thank you and we will see you in our next one.